This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show as we are in the middle of things here. Uh, Busy week here starting uh, on the weekend. Uh, Nebraska satellite camps will begin up here uh, as they will be on the road for eight days around the country. And we will talk more about that here uh, later in the show. But uh, wanted to lead things off. Uh, really, the big news topical of the week is uh, we learned a little bit more about Nebraska's schedule this year as far as some of the TV games, some of the matchups. Um, the big news is Fox. I mean, Fox has come into the Big Ten. They are paying more than double than what ABC and ESPN are paying to be the Tier 1's right holder, which means they theoretically have uh, the first pick in the draft. And they took Ohio State, Michigan, not a shocker. We knew that was coming. They got the uh, Penn State, Ohio State game on there uh, as well. But you, you look at how this has affected Nebraska. Um, you know, the biggest thing yesterday, guys, uh, or Wednesday when this all came out was the Iowa-Nebraska game. You know, we last couple years that game was on a 12-day or even a 7-day window where we had to wait uh, to even know when the kickoff was going to be, and it really kind of threw a wrench into people's Thanksgiving holiday plans and, and kind of what was going on. This year, we know the game's going to be at 3 o'clock. I think everybody's excited about that, but the game will move off of ABC to FS1 uh, for the first time since 1990, Nebraska will not play their Black Friday game on ABC. Um, and so this will be interesting to see because you know when you go off of network TV onto cable, you're going to take a huge ratings drop. Uh, the exposure may not be as high, but um, it will be interesting to see. Uh, FS1 in, in total picked five games as well this week. Three of those five picked Nebraska. So FS1 is really going to put a lot of their Big Ten hope into a Nebraska games this year. It's going to be interesting to see um, just how that adjustment goes as far as the, the numbers, the, the rating numbers, uh, because I think at this point, FS1 is a nut, much more known commodity than maybe it was you know, a year or two ago. But uh, still, I think there's a lot of people that, you know, it's going to be like the NCAA tournament and you know, trying to find true TV like they, they've never watched the station before and uh, don't even know where to find it. Um, and so, I mean, I think that's going to be an adjustment for some people. But um, I think in time, it'll become just kind of a standard deal. And so, yes, losing the national exposure of an AB game it's it's a bummer you know I mean that was kind of the, the staple game on that Black Friday uh, you know Nebraska was always there like you said since 1990 but um, I think in the long run the adjustment won't be as drastic as maybe it would be a, f a few years ago so I guess my big question is if there's a risk that Nebraska ends up playing Iowa on a Saturday do you think there's a you think there's a chance at FS1 if the numbers aren't good um, you know, or that game may may eventually move off of Black Friday based off of what happens this year. Um, you know, moving off yeah, ABC. That's an interesting point. Um, I believe there's a Big Twelve game that day on Fox, and that's going to be the 11 a.m. or the earlier game that leads it in. But um, my thought is, Fox wanted that game so bad they wanted to take it from ABC because it was the number one game on all of Black Friday, so it's kind of like we're going to take something from you, ABC. Even if we can't put this on Fox with one of our five early draft picks, we're going to take this game and we're going to put it on FS1 just because we know this is going to hurt ABC in the long run, not having uh, a marquee game to put on Black Friday to go against CBS and Fox, who will have games as well. So 
I think a lot of this to me is as much about Fox trying to mess with ABC as much as possible uh, with kind of how this new deal is going to work. I also think Nebraska caught a little bit of a break um, with that September 9th game at Oregon. No doubt. Oh, yeah. Having that not be a night game is absolutely huge. Outson Stadium is one of the loudest stadiums in college football to begin with. But if you set that up for a nationally televised primetime game at night, 9 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Central yeah. time kickoff, that would be a hornet's nest. And so to get that thing at uh, you know 1.30 local time, 3.30 Central time is a huge break for Nebraska. I mean, uh, just, just to stay away from that night game environment uh, I think will go a long way and just kind of tempering down the atmosphere just a little bit yeah I mean there's so many storylines on that game too with it being Willie Taggart's first year and and you know maybe some Oregon fans wanting to to get back at Nebraska a little bit for the way the game unfolded last year that, that would have been a nightmare scenario for Nebraska if that had been a night game um, you know the other thing that I've noticed about some of these uh, games that Fox and FS1 have picked up or you know a di- little difference in the the time Times. We were kind of talking about that a little off air uh, with the three o'clock or the three thirty uh, kicks as opposed to, uh, you know, the typical two thirty that you see with ABC or ESPN. You know, and that's all <clears throat> when you look at how ABC has adjusted their schedule over the years, it, it has always been about building it around the local newscast. So you'd play an 11 and a two thirty game and you'd have a six o'clock newscast built in there. In some cases, a lot of cases for Nebraska, that would be a post-game show, a pre-game show, etc. Um, so Fox doesn't really need to worry about that. They don't have local newscasts in most markets, especially on the weekends. Um, so it makes only sense that they don't need to cram it in um, and get it in at 6. And then that will allow Fox to maybe have more of a studio show, more of their own pregame show that can build up into some of these games. Um, the Friday night game, too, guys, we knew that was going to be a, a deal. It's going to be a 7 o'clock game in Champaign on FS1. Um, that will be very interesting to see. Um, you know, I've already heard this, Nate, from a lot of local athletic directors that n- none of the high schools around here are going to move their games really to Thursday no. or Saturday. Very few, if any. Um, Glenn Snodgrass, the coach of York, tweeted at me when the announcement came out. This will be the first Husker game that he's missed uh, or not watched um, for as long as he can remember. Well, yeah, I mean, I think just the logistics involved in in high schools trying to to reschedule or, or to move things around, um, you know, a Friday night Husker game are just too great to overcome. And, and it will be, that'll be really weird. I guess the good thing is, is that it's not, it's not a home game. Um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of have to cross that bridge whenever, whenever that time comes, I guess. But, uh, that will be really strange to, to have, you know, the whole state playing their, their high school football games, you know, while the Huskers are also going at the same time. And one more thing they noted um, in the schedule release is that that opener against Arkansas State on September 2nd is probably going to be announced here in the near future. Uh, you guys have any guesses as night to whether game. that will be a night game? This, this would be my impression, but uh, if that's not a night game, Nebraska will not have a home night game until, I guess, October at the earliest. So um, I'm sure yeah. a, lot, a lot of fans are hoping they at least get one in. I, I mean, I think if, as long as ABC, which I don't think ABC is going to want that, or ESPN2 or somebody like that wouldn't want that game, because if ESPN two wants that game at eleven or two thirty, they're going to get it. Or if FS, I mean, if one of the prime spots. But if those networks pass on it, I think if it goes to BTN, uh, I think Nebraska would definitely have um, at least the ability to say we'd prefer it to be at night. And 
Um, you know, it just depends on on the full schedule that day. And knowing that when you go at night, you're going to be going against like the best game of the day. Um, as Alabama is Alabama Florida State the night game that night. I mean, yeah, I believe so. So yeah, I mean, no one's going to be watching your game anyway if you go at night. But it's yeah, it's 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 probably going to be a night game. And then the other games, I know there's like some fear, like oh, does that mean there won't be any other night games at all? But they're going to use a 12 day flex window now on all of the other games not announced. So like the Ohio State game, the Wisconsin game, the Penn State game, uh, the Northwestern game, those particularly, um, we won't know the kickoffs um, or the networks on those until 12 days out. Uh, the Big Ten will have around 30 night games this year broadcasted on the ESPN and Fox networks. So there's going to be a ton more night football. I guess BTN's probably included in that, but uh, you're going to see over 30 or around 30 night games this year. So expect a lot more night games to be announced kind of later in the schedule, which is something we've never seen before at the Big Ten. Yeah, and it'd be interesting. And I know there's a lot of fans that, you know, they they love night games. And I think just to have the season kickoff, um, kind of the, the new era with the you know all the newness around Nebraska, to have that thing open at night, even if it is going head-to-head uh, against some you know bigger name marquee games, uh, I think would be uh, wise on Nebraska's part to really capitalize on just that enthusiasm and atmosphere. Well, and it's, plus it's always kind of nice to, to bring in some recruits for that weekend, holiday weekend, night game, easy for players to and their families to get in and out of Lincoln that weekend. Um, although we're probably not going to see in quite as many official visitors this year as we have in years past since the class is pretty much wrapped up uh, or will be by that point in time. But that's another factor that, that kind of goes into that first weekend or that first home game of the year. And one thing the Big Ten does allow you to do is pick your homecoming kickoff. And I find it interesting, all the Eastern um, time zone schools go for the noon kickoff, 11 a.m. Central. Nebraska, uh, they, they kind of take what would usually be an 11 a.m. game, a lower profile game, uh, make that their homecoming game, and then they can get that as a 2.30 kick. So the Rutgers game will be at 2.30. We just don't know the network uh, for that game. But uh, that was the uh, one of the five games announced as well. Uh, just no television assignment. But when we, we come back, uh, Nate Klaus and I are going to get you ready for the satellite camp trip we're about to take on. Uh, Nebraska's coaching staff uh, will be on the road in Texas, Florida, Georgia, Missouri, California, uh, running six camps over eight days before coming back to Lincoln for Friday Night Lights. We'll give you our thoughts on what to expect with that next. We'll also give you some uh, interviews from future Huskers from the Shrine Bowl. Take your questions in the mailbag and then the latest on what's going on in the world of recruiting. That's all here on this week's Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, as we get ready to embark on a long journey this week where hopefully our wives will be with us when we get back. But uh, it's going to be, Nate, a, um, an eight-day trip uh, on the road as Nebraska will be doing their satellite camp tour. Last year, they just did one camp in L.A., and then the rest was back in Lincoln. They were in Sound Mind, Sound Body, which, by the way, I think Sound Mind, Sound Body is no longer, right? That is no longer. Um, And Nebraska was also – they had not their full-time coaches, but they had a lot of their personnel department in St. Louis at the the Lindenwood camp last last summer. But, yeah, really the uh, the L.A. camp was was their main – their main one last year. So this year, uh, starting on Sunday morning, Nebraska and Adidas particularly are teaming up for events around the country. Now, not all of Nebraska's satellite camps are going to be 
Adidas-sponsored events. But in all, uh, Nebraska will have seven events uh, on the road here uh, starting on Sunday morning. Uh, College Station at Texas A&M will be the first one. That is an Adidas event uh, with Kevin Sumlin. Adidas and Nebraska are really two of the flagship schools right now for Adidas football. Uh, They're going to team up for uh, a camp. And then on on Monday morning uh, around 11, um, they will be in San Antonio for UTSA uh, for another camp. And then they'll take off Tuesday. They will go to Atlanta on Wednesday in Macon at Mercer. And then uh, they will do a camp in two camps in Miami the next day on Thursday. Uh, one of them will be at Florida Atlantic in the morning. And then in the afternoon, evening, they'll be at Florida International. So you have Lane Kiffin and, uh, and Butch Davis uh, both at those events working the camp with Nebraska. They'll take Friday off. Then Saturday, they'll be at Lindenwood in St. Louis, uh, catch a late flight on Saturday night into Los Angeles, where they will do a camp on Sunday at the Redlands University, which is about 90 miles from LAX, Nate. It's not exactly near LA. It's it's a ways out on the inland, uh, and that will be the final one. So it's going to be a full slate of uh, Sunday to Sunday, eight days of camps. What do you expect to get out of this week? Boy, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm expecting Nebraska to really, you know, kind of kind of mine these areas for for underclassmen. I mean, look, the with the way recruiting is right now, their their 2018 class is pretty much full. So uh, the focus is definitely going to be shifted towards underclassmen and and kind of creating a presence and, and continuing to create a presence in a lot of these areas. I, I think it's it's really interesting to me that they're having two camps in Texas. Um, they've obviously, this past recruiting cycle, have, have decided to make more of a, an effort in the state of Texas. Um, you know, they got a couple guys out of there last year, uh, which was good, and, and you're starting to see them recruit the area more and more. So going down to College Station um, is going to be good for them. Going down to, to San Antonio will be good for them um, to, to really start to identify more underclassmen to get some of their underclassmen targets to these camps. I, I think there's going to be a big push for Nebraska to, to get some guys. That, even freshmen. Yeah, even freshmen, guys that, that are somewhat on the radar already. Eddie, um, you know, to you know, kind of get them to talk them into to going to the camp, and and so they can they can work out with the coaches. The coaches can evaluate them further, so on and so forth. So, um, and, you know, and then obviously Atlanta is is a, a place that Nebraska wants to continue to have a, a presence in. Miami, St. Louis, uh, L.A. I mean, this is this pretty much lays out a map for you with. Um, with, with Nebraska's recruiting plan at, at the present point in time, I, I think that these are all areas that are that Nebraska feels are very important, um, you know, to them and their efforts in recruiting. In addition to the 500 mile radius, and and they'll take care of that with their own camps at home, the, especially the Friday night light camps. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be heavy on the underclassmen, and I'm fascinated to see how this all works because you, you take a look at Texas A&M, for instance. You're going to have, um, you know, a lot of prospects there that probably have offers from Nebraska and Texas A&M, and you're also going to have schools like Mississippi State, Arizona State, Kansas, um, the prime you know, Adidas, yeah, schools. the prime Adidas schools. But these are all these are all big Power Five schools. You know, it, you know, I know they're friendly with one another, I guess, since they're coming together and, and kind of having these camps together. But at the same time, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. There's this is. 
this is recruiting, you know, and evaluating that's going on. So there's going to be some competition between these coaches too. Uh, so I'm kind of interested to see, you know, how that plays out. You know, if, if there's, you know, if, I don't know how, how you can kind of go about maybe, uh, spending a little bit more time talking with a certain kid than, than, uh, and keeping some other coaches away. I, I don't know, but it'll be, it'll be fascinating to kind of see how, how things kind of play out at all these different venues. I'll call my shot now though. I think Dante Williams and Keith Williams, Nate, at an event like this, they're going to hold court. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and they're going to have, you know, they're going to captivate kids with their personalities and their swagger and, and kids are going to like those guys. So I think, that's going to be smart. I know Mike Cavanaugh is going to be at all of them. Mike Riley, I believe, is going to all of them. So this, they can only have ten guys out of these camps. The nine full-time coaches, and then the tenth uh, being Mike Riley. So um, only your recruiting um, staff. So mm-hmm. Tavita Thompson has been recruiting Nate on the road. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out there in, in place of Bob Elliott, who has not been recruiting here um, in the last part of May. So it will be interesting to see. It would make sense if they can get Tavita out there because I think he would help Nebraska a lot of these events too. Yeah, he would definitely help out help out a lot. And, uh, I mean, he's been a valuable recruiter even though he uh, traditionally hasn't been the guy who's been able to go out on the road and, and go into the homes. You know, he's done it uh, here and there uh, over the last year, year and a half. Uh, when they, whenever they've had an opening or whatever, so um, that'll be another maybe storyline, I guess, heading into this is is if uh, Tavita will be able to to go and and uh, and if he does, if it'll be in place of Bob Bob Elliott, and and if if the, if that's the case, then you know what what are the circumstances surrounding that, I guess. So um, that'll be interesting, and of course. You know, having one day of Lane Kiffin in the morning and then Butch Davis in the afternoon. Dude, there's going to be some guys there. I mean, <laughs> yes. you you and I have worked camps and run, run camps back in our old Adidas Recruits Unlimited days in Miami, Nate, and, and the talent down there is incredible, um, and especially young, young talent. And I, I anticipate just busloads of talent at those camps. Yeah, I would not be surprised if, you, if we end up seeing – Seven to eight hundred prospects, you know, in in that one day, in uh, that and, you know, I already hear you. Right, eighty percent of them are like legit, you know, FCS or better. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the the Miami satellite camp that they had two years ago was what was about five hundred, six hundred kids that ended up showing up there at, at Doral Park, and and uh, I mean, my head was spinning because you you couldn't. Um, there were no numbers on the shirts. You, you really couldn't tell who was who unless you went up and asked them, you know, what their name was and, and things like that. But just watching these guys work out, I mean, it was it was unreal because there was so much talent down there. Um, and, and, of course, that's a camp where DiCaprio Boodle was kind of discovered at. You're listening here to the Huntscar Online Show, Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, as we get you ready for this upcoming week's satellite camp tour. It starts at Texas A&M. Then the UTSA on Monday, so Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, they'll be at Mercer in Atlanta. Then on Thursday, Boca Raton for Florida Atlantic and Miami uh, for Florida International. Uh, they'll be off Friday and Saturday at Lindenwood in St. Louis. Uh, and then lastly, that Redlands one in L.A. I, that's the one I'm intrigued in, Nate, because to me, Redlands is so far away from L.A., so to speak. Um, will they be able to really get a lot of these kids to travel all the way out to Redlands? Well, I, I don't know. Um you know, but this is, but maybe on the flip side, maybe this is Nebraska trying to establish more of a connection in the Inland Empire. 
uh, where there's still a lot of talent in that area. New, uh, new, new connections, basically. Yeah, new, yeah, new connections or or trying to you know I guess rekindle some some older ones uh, that they may have had in the past when they were at at Oregon State or whatever. So you know maybe they feel like they have a good handle on, on a lot of their connections inside of Los Angeles and and now they want to to try and you know create more of a presence in the Inland Empire. So uh, that could be part of the strategy. But you know the the interesting thing there is. Yeah, how many kids, how many targets are going to you know take the time to drive from the city out to the Inland Empire uh, to take part of that camp? Especially when um, you know I want to say that that USC and UCLA uh, are both going to be having camps going on either either that day or or you know right around during that weekend. So. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what kind of pull Nebraska has there and, and how many guys end up showing up. But, you know, history will tell you that uh, Nebraska's done pretty well at their California satellite camps. When Been you their two best ones they've had. Absolutely. Um, you know, maybe not the biggest ones, but talent-wise. Pound for pound. Absolutely. So, and, and it's been fruitful for them. You know, they've gotten, you know, Patrick O'Brien and Tristan Jebbia both were at those satellite camps. Um, you know, go on down the list. Last year's, there was what, four or five, maybe even six commits there uh, at, at last year's satellite camp. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens there in the Redlands, uh, you know, next Sunday. All right, well, when we come back, uh, the Nebraska Shrine Bowl will be taking place here on Saturday um, at Ron and Carroll Cope Stadium at the University of Nebraska. Carney, uh, Nate and I were at Shrine Bowl practice. I had a chance to catch up with a couple future Huskers. We'll hear from those guys next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan here as we get ready now for the Nebraska Shrine Bowl. That game will take place on Saturday uh, at 2 o'clock at Ron and Carol Cope Stadium at the University of Nebraska Kearney. Um, I believe this is the fifth or sixth year the game has now been out in Kearney. The last year they played the game in Lincoln was when Brandon Riley and Sam Foltz and Riker Fife and those guys all played. But uh, this year's Shrine Bowl, not as much of a Husker flavor. Maybe as we've seen in the past, you'll have three walk-on players in the game. Um, a number of other Division I scholarship guys, a couple from Wyoming, uh, Patrick Arnold and Rudy Stauffer will be in the game. Uh, Brett Cottrell, uh, who's committed to Central Florida, will be in the game. You'll have Noah Vedrill, um, who's going to be going to uh, Central Florida as well uh, in, in the game. So you'll have a, a good flavor of the Division I talent in the state of Nebraska, uh, but you won't have any of those scholarship Husker guys. Uh, you will have three walk-on players, and uh, we had a chance. I went out to Nebraska Shrine Bowl's media day earlier this week. I had a chance to catch up with a couple of these guys, and one of the more interesting walk-ons they added was Christian Baker, a wide receiver out of Omaha, Scott had over a thousand yards receiving. Uh, he was just added to the Nebraska walk-on class a couple of weeks ago. And here's my full interview with Christian Banker as he gets ready for the Nebraska Shrine Bowl. All right, we're with Omaha Scott walk-on uh, Nebraska wide receiver Christian Banker, one of the top receivers in the state of Nebraska. Christian, um, you were a late addition to this Nebraska walk-on class. I know Keith Williams came out earlier to one of your games this year, but uh, that offer didn't come till late. Kind of give us an idea how the process played out. Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, Nebraska came down to Scut for a recruiting visit just for the 2018 class, and I believe they asked Coach Terman what my plans were for college, and he just told him that I was going to Lincoln just for school, and apparently 
they were interested in me and they just said, well, if he's just going to school, we can give him a walk-on offer. And I got a call from Coach Will Height and the ball's been rolling ever since. How fast did you say yes? <laughs> Didn't hesitate at all. I mean, playing college football has always been a dream of mine and somewhere like Lincoln, that's just a dream come true. Now you were a thousand yard receiver at Scott, right? Yes, sir. You, th you think about Matt Terman. I mean, the guy's an option guy, a running guy. Uh, for him to throw the football as much as he did to you, you, you must have really convinced him that you could catch the football. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, just like the offense we had, I mean, quarterback, the line we had, it was set up perfectly. I mean, our running game wasn't weak at all this year. I mean, it set me up and I set the running game up, vice versa. It was just a perfect combination for this season. What do you think you bring to Nebraska now? And you see some other walk-ons that have gone through, like a Brandon Riley, even and, um, and Connor Young just recently, uh, Brian Reimers, all played in this same Shrine Bowl. Uh, do you kind of see yourself maybe trying to go down a similar path to those guys? I mean, yeah, I want to continue the walk-on tradition. And I mean, all I know from those guys is that hard work pays off. And if you put your head down and work, the rest will just fall into place. Now, what will it be like for you after this game? I mean, are you going to go right into it full speed ahead right to Lincoln? Uh, yeah, so the next day I report down to Lincoln, check into my dorm, come back to Omaha, have my grad party, then leave back to Lincoln and rest of summer's there. What about this experience in general? Uh, what are you looking forward to? Because were you a late add-on to this game as well, to the Shrine Bowl? Or were you? Uh, no, I think I was initially uh, invited. Yeah. What do you know just about the experience of this game and kind of what it's all about? Uh, so from today, I've realized that like it's more than just a game. I mean, the kids here, we, I can tell that I'm impacting their lives by just being here and I mean hanging out with them. It's a fun experience. Is the South team going to take it to the North team? Oh, for sure. Uh, no doubt in my mind. All right. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you Saturday and uh, looking forward to seeing you start your career in Lincoln here in a few weeks. All right. Thank you. And thanks again here to Nebraska walk-on Christian Banker from Omaha Scott. Very talented wide receiver prospect Nebraska's added here, and it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of fall in the same line as a Brandon Riley or Connor Young or even a Brian Reimers here down the road. Uh, all right, well, I had a chance also to catch up with another intriguing walk-on prospect in Hunter Miller uh, from Cross County, which is in Stromsburg, Nebraska. He's an eight-man player, but very good wrestler, qualified in the shot put for state track. Uh, excellent athlete. In fact, Matt Terman told me he had some of the best feet of any of the offensive linemen or any anybody in the team, period. They've been impressed with him all week. Here's my full interview with Hunter Miller from Cross County. All right, we're with Hunter Miller here, a future Nebraska walk-on, uh, eight-man player. Uh, first of all, you're in this Nebraska Shrine Bowl. Uh, what are you looking forward to the most uh, here of the week? Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, playing with all these other guys from across the state, the best of the best. So it's good. it's been a fun experience so far getting to play with them and uh, looking forward to the game Saturday. You had a great career um, at Cross County there in Stromsburg, uh, eight-man prospect, being one of, I believe, are you the only eight-man guy in the game? Uh, no, there's a few more. I know Colin Brown was playing uh, eight-man as well, so we got some guys. What are you looking to prove as an eight-man guy in this game? Uh, well, just that uh, smaller school kids, you know, we can still play football too. Now, you're walking on in Nebraska. What are you looking forward to the most just uh, of the opportunity? It's going to be a long road going in as kind of the low man on the totem pole, but what are you looking forward to the most? I'm looking forward to getting to work, meeting all the teammates and everything, and uh, making some memories down there. What will the week be like? Uh, because you'll play the game at UNK on Saturday, and really your college career is going to start um, a few hours later. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, get, when I get done with the game, I'll go home, finish up packing, and then we'll move to Lincoln on Sunday. 
You've got a few other uh, guys that are going to join you at Nebraska, two guys from Scut. Uh, how how's it been just being with some other your future future teammates here for the week? Yeah, um, I got Christian Banker and uh, Trent Hickson from Scut playing with me on the South team. So uh, talking with them quite a bit this week and uh, starting to build some relationships with them has been good. Who have been some of the more impressive guys in practice uh, that you've been able to go against? I've seen Banker make some uh, some impressive catches this weekend, and then. Uh, Blocking on the line with me and Pat Arnold and Brett Kittrell has been a lot of fun. So, Yeah, that line. Um, is Rudy Stoffer on your line too? Yeah, yeah. So is Rudy and uh, uh, Dalton Peters, Riley Homolka, guys like that. One of the stronger groups really in the game in general. I mean, how dominant has it been and how fun is it to play with guys all your size on an offensive line? Yeah, it's kind of like a college style, uh, college size offensive line there. So it's been fun to um, run some plays with those guys and get to work. And as far as the Shrine Bowl in general, what did you know about kind of the history of this game and what it's all about? I know it's a very prestigious honor to be asked to play in the Shrine Bowl, and I was very excited too. And it's also for a great cause. Uh, Shrine Bowl, it uh, raises a lot of money for the Shriners Hospitals, and uh, it's, it's really just a, it's a great experience. Well, Hunter, we're looking forward to seeing you in the game on Saturday and uh, to start your career here at Nebraska. All right, thank you very much. Thanks again to Hunter Miller here for joining us here on the Husker Online Show. Once again, the Nebraska Shrine Bowl will take place here on Saturday at 2 o'clock. The game will be played at Ron and Carol Cope Stadium at the University of Nebraska Kearney. You can see it all on NET. You can also watch it online. All right, when we come back here on the show, we're going to take your questions here in the mailbag as Husker Online intern Matt Reynoldson will join us. That's next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washa, Dave Klaus, and uh, we're pleased to welcome back our intern, Matt Reynoldson, fresh off his trip to Indiana for the Big Ten Baseball Tournament. Uh, Matt got to do his first big boy road trip all by himself. How'd it go? Well, great. Yeah, it was great to be out there. There were a lot of schedule changes, so I kind of had to be on the ball most of the time, keep people updated back here on what was going on because of all the weather changes. It was a tight schedule because of the sort of late Eastern time start and early curfew, but they got it all in. And I got exhausted just like walking around the house watching those games. I can't imagine having to sit there like you and the other guys did that whole week because it was some long long days in the ballpark yeah some fun baseball though a lot of home runs some out to right some out to left depending on where the winds were going but fun week at the ballpark all right well let's get to it uh, we got a mailbag this week uh I, I didn't even get a chance to look over the red sea scrolls to see what kind of questions are in there i'm sure we got a lot of shenanigans like normal but hopefully a few good ones yeah not a whole bunch of trolls this week some good questions and with the tv schedule coming out this week only one real nebraska swing game well i guess two have been announced for TV, but let's go over the record possibilities for Nebraska's spring game. The question is, what's the record for the following games? Oregon, Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin, Iowa. Uh, that's, I mean, I think realistically, if they could get two out of those five right now today, that would be probably good. I mean, I think you mentioned those games. They're going to be underdogs in four of those five games. Um, if they got three, that'd be outstanding, but Going to Penn State, um, a loaded Nittany Lion roster. Ohio State is a lot of people's number one or two or three team right now in the nation uh, coming into Lincoln. Uh, Wisconsin's looking to be a 10-win, maybe 11-win team. Uh, Iowa's definitely very beatable, um, and I think they can they can give Oregon all they want. Oregon's going to be going through a transition. So 
of those five, I think Oregon and Iowa are the most likely wins with Wisconsin probably being my next one. Yeah, I copy you exactly. I think Oregon's certainly winnable. I think Iowa's certainly winnable. And then that swing game against Wisconsin, that's going to be the game where we really find out what Nebraska's all about. And really, how they do in that game, I think, is going to dictate your opinion on, um, I don't think Iowa State or Ohio State's even in the question, but um, you know, for the rest of that back end of the Big Ten schedule, it's really going to kind of shift your opinion one way or the other on Nebraska's chances. But you know, I think two are likely, potentially three, um, maybe a little less likely. Yeah, I definitely think two are likely. And then, you know, if you're a Nebraska fan and, and you take care of business at Oregon and then split, at least split, um, you know, and get one from Iowa or Wisconsin, I think you'd have to be, you know, relatively happy with that. And then if you get Iowa and Wisconsin, I think you'd be, you'd be totally satisfied, uh, you know, with, with the outcome of all those games. The mixture of, of the team question and the recruiting question, how long can Nebraska keep Dante Williams? Nate, I think that's uh, a good one for you to start out with. Well, I mean, I think Dante is happy at Nebraska, first of all. Um, and I, I think this was this is a move um, not only to to help further his, his coaching career and his coaching profile, but also that would allow him to, to – you know, help, I guess, or kind of give him an assist at continuing to recruit at a very high level. And so far we've seen just that. He's, he's making great, uh, great money. Um, and I think that Nebraska, um, you know, is going to be willing to do whatever it takes to, to keep him here for, for quite a while. I know uh, with, with the talent that he has coming in, I would be surprised if, uh, you know, if he weren't here for at least, at least two or three more years uh, is kind of how I see it. Well, and the other thing, too, is – for him to leave, you know, he's already making as much as just a true corners coach is going to make anywhere, even yep. at SEC. So what kind of title could you give him to up his salary? Um, you know, what I don't really see him as a coordinator type of guy today. Maybe down the road he will be. Um, so, you know, what I think you look at the SEC as the league that, that would – or even a couple of those ACC programs that could come at him. Uh, but his ties are out west in recruiting. Um, so those programs, you know, in the South, they don't recruit the West Coast. So I think that helps Nebraska with him a little bit because he knows where his recruiting strengths are. But uh, Sean Eichhorst understands it, and he pays these guys that are good recruiters, um, you know, as well as any coaches in the country. Either way, having some continuity in that secondary coach mm. would be absolutely huge for Nebraska. What, what was the longest they've had a coach over the last I think two years? Terry, years? Terry Wilson was here for two, right? Terry Joseph. Terry, Terry Joseph. Joseph. Yeah, <laughs> Terry getting them all. <laughs> the all. Yeah. Okay. Terry so, Sanders. So you, your long, your longest tenured defensive backs coach is two years. Well, Marvin Sanders was here. Well, oh, yeah. since, since, since Marvin. Since Marvin. That's yeah. not good. No, that's not good at all. All right, let's move on. Next question in the mailbag. Well, keeping it on the West Coast recruiting style, we've touched on Eric Fuller a little bit, but the first West Coast commit in Nebraska's 2017 class, you've said, or 2018 class, wait, yeah, 2018 class seems to be wavering right now, and you guys seem pretty much in consensus that he won't be a part of this class. Why is that? W wavering? I mean, I don't even well, think yeah. anyone knows, know, knows what's going on with the kid. Yeah, he's been completely off the radar um, as you know, no one has been able to to get in touch with him. No one really knows where Eric Fuller is right now, what he's doing, what he's thinking. Um, and so I think that is 
in large part why I've said that that it wouldn't come as a surprise if he didn't end up being you know uh, part of this recruiting class. Plus, when you also look at look at the trends and look how look how Keith Williams is kind of recruiting wide receivers, it seems to me that he is continuing to to recruit uh, more than just. Uh, one that they want to add in this class. I, it looks like he's keeping a lot of guys uh, warm, I guess. And so that would be another factor that would kind of lead me to believe that maybe Eric Fuller uh, won't be a part of this class. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show. We're taking your questions here in the mailbag. How many early enrollees can we sp- can we expect in Nebraska's 2018 class? It mentioned Allen, Farniak, Bookie are planning on it. Uh, is there anybody else you might expect to join? Uh, you know, I, I think it kind of depends on uh, you know how the rest of the class plays out. I know uh, Manuel Allen is, has said that he's planning on graduating early uh, and enrolling early. Um, you know, I think uh, a player like if they were able to add a, a Joshua Moore in the mix, I think that he's planning on being an early enrollee. So it kind of depends on how the rest of the, the class kind of shapes out. But um, I think it'll end up being fairly similar to what we saw last year with. Um, um, you know, right around five guys or so. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show. Still got time for uh, maybe one or two more. Very uh, big picture question here. Might have a good discussion on this one. Uh, is the Nebraska offense or the transitioning offense within the Mike Riley era a good fit for the Big Ten, and how consistent can that be? Yeah, I, I think it is. Um, I mean, Mike Riley, I think there's this misconception that the West Coast offense is a finesse offense, but Wisconsin, Iowa – uh, Michigan State, they run versions of this type of offense. Um, and, and you know, Mike Riley will still want to run the ball. They want to have an effective running game. Uh, I don't think you can just look at statistics uh, when you look at the running game. I think you have to look at can Nebraska get four or five yards on first down? Can, can they run the ball in the red zone? And can they run the ball on third and one, third and two and get it? That, to me, defines a successful running game as much as statistics. And Wisconsin, statistically, the last couple of years has not had high numbers, but they've been very effective. Iowa has been the same way. You don't see Iowa rush for 300 yards a game, but they're a very effective 150 to 200 yards per game every week. And I think that's that's what it will be about this year with Nebraska in this running game. They need to be effective um, and get a quality 150 to 200-plus rushing yards per game. And during his speaking tour um – week or two ago uh, with Sean Eichhorst, Mike Riley even said that um, at the very first stop. He says there is a misconception about the offense that they run, that is this finesse pass-oriented offense, when in fact you look back at the teams he's had, you know, particularly at Oregon State, they have been a run-heavy offense. Um, I mean, it's it's a deal where, I mean, the running backs they produced, you know, obviously they've had feature backs that have put up some huge numbers, and they, they consider themselves, um, you know, maybe closer to a 60-40 type of, of offense being run run heavy. So um, ideally, they would like to be more of a power offense. And I think sometimes, you know, when you just get in situations where you can't do that, that's been the problem. But I think, you know, their game plan going in each and every week is to be able to run the ball effectively and play the pass off of it. Well, yeah, Mike, Mike Riley's talked about the run game being important to this offense quite a bit over the last year or so. And I think you also you look back at, at the production that they've had from the position in the past. Um, but what's also kind of kind of neat about it is that they're they're not one dimensional. You know, they've had uh, successful running backs, they've had successful quarterbacks, they've had successful wide receivers. So um, I, I think if if they can get all the pieces in the right place, get a get the right guy under center, um, and and kind of mesh everything together, they can be um, you know pretty. 
uh, pretty talented group and, and put up uh, you know put up some nice numbers in the Big Ten. All right, when we come back here on the show, we're going to shift back over to recruiting. We've already talked about the satellite camps, but Nate Klaus is going to give us some final thoughts from the spring evaluation period here next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus. As we talked some recruiting earlier in the show with Nebraska heading the ro- hitting on the road this week for the satellite camps, that will really be the storyline of recruiting. But the Huskers did finish up the May evaluation period, spring recruiting period uh, here this week. Uh, camp season now officially starts here in June, but... Nate, um, you know, some developments this past week, uh, particularly with some prospects kind of narrowing things down. I wouldn't even call it, though, narrowing it down when you narrow it down to nine or ten. Uh, but you've, you you got some guys this week, Nate, that uh, kind of, uh, you know, put Nebraska in their final groupings. Yeah, Huskers are making the cut for, for some of their top targets, which is always, you know, a good sign. Um, but, uh, you know, to to talk about a top 10 or 11 or 12 or whatever. Yeah, there's still a lot of work to be done with some of these guys, but I think you have to start with a player like Micah Parsons, a five-star defensive end as ranked by rivals, but Nebraska's recruiting him as an outside linebacker, kind of that that boundary outside linebacker um, in in Diaco's 3-4 defense. He, He released his top nine, and Nebraska was in there. Um, you know, and then some uh, some local prospects or some regional guys, I should say, as far as uh, Rivals 100 uh, wide receiver Cameron Babb. He he uh, had Nebraska in his, I think, top nine it is. Um, defensive end Daniel Carson out of Independence, Missouri, has Nebraska in his top 11. Ronnie Perkins, a defensive end out of St. Louis, has Nebraska in his top list. Um, you know, Michael Thompson is uh, still considering Nebraska amongst others. Uh, and then uh, I think there's a uh, – Leon O'Neill is is a four-star defensive back who, you know, has kind of been a little quiet or off the radar as far as Nebraska's interests or his interests in Nebraska. But uh, this is a player that's got probably 40 offers or so. He just released his, uh, you know, kind of top group today, and uh, which includes Nebraska as well. So – you're starting to see more and more guys kind of narrow their lists. And, and for the most part, um, you know, Nebraska is making the cut with a lot of these guys. Now the next stage is, is, you know, if you're Nebraska is hopefully getting these guys on campus for Friday night lights or big red weekend here in June, and then uh, potentially securing a, an official visit in the fall. Uh, if it, if it comes to that. Yeah. Some ratings upgrades this week too, Nate um, Pickering, uh, Nebraska's kicker commit, uh, I believe ranked number two in the nation at kicker or one or where, where do well, you call? Cole's, Cole's kicking just um, they had a camp I think a week or two ago and uh, and Barrett Pickering went from number two in the nation to number one in the nation and now he's ranked as a as a three star prospect uh, and five, number number three on rivals. Yep, and number three on rivals. So, uh, but his ranking on rivals is is really about as high as any kicker um, is usually ranked on, on our network. So. Uh, to to have a three star kicker is 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 fairly rare. Yeah, there's right now four kickers that are ranked three stars, and that's it. So uh, I know there was a lot of bickering, like why can't kickers be? It's it's always been that way. Recruiting services in general, um, it's a very. I mean, it's just one of those positions they're not going to let swing a recruiting class one way or the other. Um, and Nebraska got the most they're going to get out of the kicker ranking spot at number three. Were there any other big movements, Nate, in the in the 
in the 250, the 100, or even the three-star world that affected Nebraska this week? Well, yeah, not a not a ton of movement one way or the other. I think the big news was that the majority of Nebraska's commits or targets, um, you know, stayed in the top 100 and in, in in the top 250. You know, Cameron Jurgens remained in the top 100. Uh, Buki Radley Hiles remained in the top 100. Still, you know, just a handful of spots away from being ranked as a five-star rated prospect. Uh, maybe some of the bigger jumps as far as prospects who are not committed to Nebraska uh, actually come out of the the Missouri area, out of uh, especially out of St. Louis. When you talk about uh, Ronnie Perkins being elevated from a three-star defensive end to being inside the rivals 250 as a four-star prospect now. Um, you know, Michael Thompson, is the defensive tackle that Nebraska is actually recruiting as an offensive tackle uh, in this class out of St. Louis Parkway North, made a huge jump uh, from, I believe, 102nd in the country all the way up to being in the 30s now uh, after his performance this spring at several different camps and especially after his MVP performance and at the St. Louis rivals camp uh, where he was just dominant uh, up front on the defensive line. So um, mastery map who moved up to a five, seven, three-star Nate. Yeah, that's, that's uh, that just must've just come out. So, um, you know, and I expect, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Will Farniak uh, moved up a little bit too, based off of his performance uh, at the St. Louis rivals camp. And, and that's good to see because, you know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, Maypew, based off of his performance la- at last year's uh, rivals camp, that was, you know, maybe his five, six, three-star ranking was a little bit based off of potential uh, because, let's face it, he, he he had kind of a rough camp. That was the first time he'd ever been in a setting like that, uh, and he was going up against good competition. And then he went into this year's St. Louis camp uh, and really performed well. Uh, and you could tell that he he has made some some big strides in his in his game and, and has really been working on uh, his overall technique. And, and obviously, is getting bigger and stronger and all that too. But um, Cameron so, Brown moved up to a five seven as well, Nate. Okay, and and that's that's another. Uh, I was kind of expecting him to move up and. and and I think Cameron Brown in this recruiting class could be a, a kid that that continues to move up the charts. Um, you know, he's he, he just finished the state track, running a, a ten seven six, finished second in the state of Missouri at the at the state track meet. Um, you know, he was. Uh, he was a finalist in the the Under Armour Ill Speed competition, which is kind of an obstacle course uh, that uh, Under Armour holds at all their different stops across the country at their camp stops. And uh, he was one of 12 or one of 14 kids that ran a fast enough time to, to make the finals and go to Baltimore on, on an all-expense-paid trip uh, to run in the finals for that. So uh, he is a fast, fast kid, but also I think he showed off his ability to run routes um, and, and to be kind of a complete wide receiver in St. Louis and and with the numbers that he's putting up opposite of a Rivals 100 wide receiver Cameron Babb for CBC there in St. Louis is is ridiculous for the I mean to have over a thousand yards receiving um, you know and then to, to go around and, and play be a starter at cornerback on defense and to have four or five interceptions on defense uh, he's a tremendous athlete. Yeah, you're looking now at the ratings uh, of Nebraska's five three-star guys, Nate. Uh, three of the five are now five sevens, so they're borderline four-star in our rankings mm-hmm. difference. Uh, Tate Wildeman, uh, he was a, he's a five seven. Was he always a five seven? Yeah, he was a five seven. Okay, and then Will Farniak still remain and it remains at a five five um, on there with Pickering. So uh, Nebraska holding on to that number seven team ranking um, in in the rankings. 
Do you anticipate it to be quiet on the commit front here on this eight-day satellite camp run, or do you still think some movement could happen while we're on the road? Well, there's always a chance that there's a surprise that that happens, especially when we're out on the road. I, I think that uh, anytime, <laughs> anytime we've got something going on or traveling or maybe d- dinner. somewhat, <laughs> yeah, dinner, maybe somewhat disconnected from the website, there's a chance that that some, uh, you know, that there's a commit coming. But for the most part, I think things are going to be pretty quiet. I think that uh, the next potential announcement could come on June 18th from. Uh, uh, rivals 100 or rivals 250 wide receiver Joshua Moore uh, who's announcing on June 18th uh, Chris Blyke the offensive tackle out of Pennsylvania um, is going to be more than likely announcing in June at some point in time but uh, I had a chance to, to kind of exchange a few messages with him just the other day and, and uh, he's planning quite the round of trips in the month of June so I don't think anything will happen until after he's kind of completed his um, his visits this month, one of which will will come to Nebraska, uh, return visit since he was here for the spring game. So uh, I think those are the two most likely guys right now. But like I mentioned, there's there's always a, a chance that there could be a surprise, and somebody out of left field. And in fact, you know, I would almost expect that to happen because. Um, you know, we've seen that this staff is kind of recalibrated things after being out on the road for, for about three weeks, coming back into the, the office and, and having a bunch of meetings. I think their, their focus may have changed on a few guys, and they're really starting to make a push for a handful of, uh, handful of new prospects that maybe, um, you know, we haven't seen them really push for as quite as hard here over the last few months. So, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens there. One, one guy to kind of keep an eye on is Christian Tut, a four-star cornerback out of Thompson, Georgia, uh, who basically delayed his uh, uh, commitment announcement because Nebraska came into the picture. Dante Williams uh, really has turned on the heat with him and, um, you know, so much so that he delayed his announcement. He's down to Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, um, and Florida State. So Nebraska battling with some some really, really big schools there for some really uh, top-notch talent. All right, well, that wraps it up here for this week's show. It's going to be a very, very busy week, though, for the Husker Online staff. We'll have coverage of Nebraska's regional uh, out in Corvallis, Oregon. But uh, stay with us all week starting on Sunday. Nebraska's satellite camps begin in College Station all the way through the end of next Sunday out in L.A. So we will have full coverage of that and a special show next week from whatever location we'll be at. Nate and I will have a special satellite edition, satellite camp edition of the Husker online show. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 